Hello everyone, I am on here to talk to you guys about one of our affiliates, Culture of Life 1972. Culture of Life 1972 started in 2019 with a vision to design a fashion brand that celebrated all life. They care about the impact that style has on future generations. One by one, they are leading a fashion movement that protects and values life. It's simple, fashion should be good for you. You can head over to their website, col 1972.com and use our code those other girls 1972 to get 10% off of all of your purchases. They have cute clothes, jewelry and accessories available for everyone. All right, you guys, thanks so much. Can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture or victim culture? Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, relationships, work, pop culture, and true crime from a Christian conservative perspective. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy. <laughs> Hello, everyone. You are listening to Those Are the Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. And I'm Victoria. And we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. Okay, you guys have a great episode for you today. Um, my friend Victoria is the newest addition to the Those Are the Girls media platform, I guess. I don't know what else to call it. Um, and we are super excited. How, wait, one second. How excited are we? We are, we are so, we are so excited. Um, is it not? There we go. Woo! Everybody! <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We're all happy. Yes, yes. Okay, so everybody pretend like that didn't take 30 extra minutes. Okay, so um, anyway, so this is kind of our episode where we're introducing her to the Those Are The Girls media platform, and um, she is starting a really amazing podcast. I'm super excited uh, for you guys to hear her story, and then you guys need to subscribe. As a matter of fact, right now, go ahead and describe. Go ahead and subscribe to Diapers and Degrees. Um, so keep listening, but you know, get out of the app for a second. Go ahead and describe. Subscribe. Why do I keep saying describe? Um, but yeah. So Victoria, <laughs> without further ado, tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, yes, howdy. My name is Victoria Avalar. I am a mom. I am a believer in Jesus Christ. I Amen. am um, pro-life, anti-abortion. Amen. I feel like those words are interchangeable. Um, I'm a recent college graduate. I graduated from mm-hmm. Texas A&M University um, with honors. And I only say that because of I guess my story, because sometimes we think that mothers cannot accomplish that much, but mothers can do amazing things. And um, it's kind of a little bit about me in a nutshell. Um, 
I, uh, yeah, so I started Diapers and Degrees because I wanted to just start sharing my story and also share about the resources that are available to women um, and just help other organizations just uh, share what they bring to the table when it comes to women in unplanned pregnancies or single moms or even families for that matter. Um, I was, I am a single mom. I wasn't an wait, unplanned. Wait, sorry. Pause two seconds. <laughs> oh. I just wanted to say, uh, before you get into that, you were just going, going, no, but that's great. No, that's great. Like everybody wants to know. I just okay. want to say like, this is really good and important now that we're in a post row America, like hearing these stories, um, the guests that Victoria's going to have on our podcast, these are going to be really good, important, crucial. It's going to be proof that you can do both. You can be a mother and also have a successful college career, have a successful work career even. Um, so that's why it's just, it's really important. So Victoria, just go ahead and share your story with us. Yeah. Um, you're right, Mallory. Uh, amen to that. I know it's, <laughs> it's crazy how now that, now that you say that it's crazy how God works, his, his timing is perfect. And for so long, mm -hmm. like I wanted to have, I mean, I worked with other pro-life nonprofits and did like activism stuff and this and that, but, um, it kind of felt like there was like a little bit of a gap for, you know, women who are in college and there are so many resources, but like not that many women know about. And so, mm -hmm. um, of course the abortion industry and the pro aborts, they hate people like me because I don't speak to the narrative that women have to choose between their child and their future. And so, um, yeah, my story, <laughs> uh, let's get to that. Um, I, was raised in a Christian home. I always bring this up because um, Jesus is the Lord of my life. And um, I was raised in a home where, you know, we read the Bible and we live by God's word. And so um, whenever I found out I was pregnant, I was carrying a lot of guilt and shame from that in my past. And so, um, so my freshman year, I um, was dating this guy, not super serious. It was just kind of like a summer fling. And um, I didn't really think that I was going to get into a relationship with him. I mean, he didn't either. And so um, I went to Texas A&M. And so I was home one weekend. And then a couple of weeks later, I take a pregnancy test um, around October and I find out I was pregnant. Um, I took three tests to confirm that. I remember even taking one of them and like immediately seeing it as I'm taking it and like looking away as if that was going to change the result for some reason. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was very hard for me. Um, thankfully my, one of my good friends from high school, like went to the store with me to go get it. And, um, she just sat there with me as I cried and like, just was there for me. Like I spent the night at her house and, um, it was really hard. I, I just, the, the first thing that came into my mind was like, like it can't be me. Like it cannot, this cannot happen to me. Um, because in high school I, I was very judgmental of people. And I remember like thinking about, you know, girls who got pregnant, like, Oh, that's so like, how could they be so stupid like that? That like, I would never let that happen, you know? Um, and so God has a way of humbling us. Oh yeah, for sure. And for his glory, <laughs> for, yeah. for a good reason. Yeah. Amen. Um, Amen. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I found out on a Friday night and I told her dad on a Saturday night after he got off of work. And, um, the first thing he tells me is, you know, Victoria, I can't be a father right now. And 
I mean, I don't really say much, but I told him, well, I don't believe in abortion, so I'm not going to do that. And um, I don't know if I'm going to raise the baby or place the baby for adoption, but I know that I'm going to have her either way. I didn't know it was a girl yet, but <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I. And then what was his, well, what was his reaction when you said that? He didn't say much. He um, wasn't a very confrontational person. Um, and so he didn't really have much to say after that. And uh, we just kind of like both cried and then like went our separate ways. Cause I went back to school that next that Sunday. And um, so I'm at school that week and then um, I get, and we're texting and he's, starts telling me, well, you know, um, I can't be a father right now. Like we're both young and you're in school and, you know, you deserve to have a good life to have like the typical college experience. And like, basically that this is going to put me back in that, you know, like it's like, because one of his relatives, you know, didn't have an abortion that her life, uh, was not as good as it could have been if she, you know, aborted that child. And, um, which is really sad to say about a family member that's actually close to you. Um, yeah. Um, and you really don't know how someone's life could have been. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, we always joke about timelines like this is, could be the ultimate timeline. Like you really don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, um, yeah. And so it was, I was very stubborn back then. <laughs> By God's grace, he's worked a lot in my heart and I was very headstrong. I was, yeah, like I, like God bless my parents because they, they put up with me, but, um, I told him, no, like, you're not going to tell me what to do, um, or what I can and cannot do. And, um, but for a good reason, it wasn't like, oh, you know, for, I feel like some people might hear that and be like, yeah, well, she's like for autonomy and it's like no 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 i'm saying you cannot tell me what my future is going to look like yeah um, yeah and that you know i have to do this thing that you know is going to one end the life of my child and two um like it's like that's me it's not like it's it's easier for the father like that's why men love abortion and mm -hmm. because it's so easy for them to just you know, pay for it and just leave the woman behind. And so yeah, they don't um, have to be responsible. Exactly. When, when there's abortion, when the option of abortion is there, they can just sometimes send money or not even send money. I know guys that didn't even participate. I have been outside of um, clinics before and uh, of facilities, not clinics, outside of facilities before. And um, the guy just drops off, turns around, leaves and then he comes back, doesn't even open the door for her. You know, she's like kind of, you know, like they're, mm -hmm. they're groggy. Like they probably should have some assistance to the car. Doesn't even do anything. Just wait. Cause it's easier. It's easier doing it that way than having mm -hmm. to be responsible. We have a lot of mm -hmm. weak men, but yeah, that's, that's not what this podcast <laughs> is about. Continue. <laughs> a different topic for a different day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, so he was telling me those types of things. And then he said, you know, I don't care how much it costs. Like I'm willing to take care of it. And, um, oh my God. and so like, again, I'm just putting my foot down and I'm like, I already told you, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, it doesn't matter if my life is going to look harder. Um, 
like I'm going to be responsible for this child because even if I made a mistake, you know, even if I uh, had sex with you and like shouldn't have been and like this is the consequence of that, I'm going to take responsibility and hold myself accountable for these actions. Um, And that like just like I still remember like even as I'm talking about this, like I still remember my apartment my freshman year and like sitting there and like texting him and and after that I think I I was crying and I was just praying to God and like on it that was that is when I truly believe that I got saved because I was before I was living like in the world and like wanting to follow Jesus but it was there where I was like God I have nothing else like there's nowhere else for me to turn to other than you and so that's when I surrendered to the Lord and um and like right there like I just went into like mama mode like I it was before it was like oh I'm pregnant with a child but now it's like I'm no, like I'm this child's mom. Like I am her mom. Like I'm gonna provide for her. I'm gonna, you know, and that's so natural. Mm-hmm. Like that's you're not fighting anything when mm-hmm. you're, you know, giving into that. That's so natural. That's the right thing. That's how yeah. God created us. Yeah. Amen. And also too, before you continue, I wanted to just point out, I love how you were saying, like, that's when you surrender to God. Now, you know. If I grew up Christian as well, and a lot of people who mm-hmm. listen to this, we grew up Christian, and a lot of us don't really think that we had our full on personal relationship with God until college because mm-hmm. things, you know, when you grow up Christian, I'm not against it. I definitely think everyone, if you have kids, raise them Christian, but sometimes when things are very sweet and natural, you have to go to church because your mom knows to go to church. Yeah. It's very different than when you get into an environment where you're faced with all of these challenges. Yeah. I just think this is just another example of a positive that's coming out of something that did not appear at the time to be something that was positive. Um, yeah. Because you're turning your life to completely to God. And that's just another example of how like um, this, this decision, these Mm-hmm. Things happening can are mm-hmm. just positive. They're not always this awful downturn, negative thing. You have to run and scream and cry and do anything about it. It's pos- It's a positive. Yeah, for sure. And like even, um, I mean, with any situation, like if you're just constantly looking at, like, there are moments that we should, you know, uh, fa- savor like those sweet little moments in life. You know, it's like don't don't be anxious about the past or the future, but if you're constantly worrying about the future in the moment, given your circumstances, like that's the headspace you're going to live in. And so it's like, don't always judge your life by what it looks like right now. Like, I mean, even mm-hmm. in college, like there were so many times where I was like, Oh goodness gracious. Like, when is this going to be over? Like, Oh, like, I don't know so many times, but I also kept telling myself one day I'm going to graduate. And one day I'm going to get to be with my daughter every day. And one day I'm not going to have to take a test and study OCHEM and do all those things. Like, and, and that day finally came and, and like looking back at it, I, sometimes I wish that I would have, you know, not stayed so much like in my head, but, you know, been like more hopeful in like what I have with God. Um, but anyways, um, <laughs> growth. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, that was when I, yeah, surrendered to God and um, was just ready to like go full force into um, preparing for the future. And so 
I wanted to go into the medical field because I had no idea what I was doing, but oh yeah. And that's just a whole nother thing itself. Like when I got to college, Mallory, I did not know what I was going to study. I did not know like what I wanted to do with my life as job wise. I didn't, I, I really had no direction. And so whenever like it was that moment that I said, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for this child. It gave me such internal motivation and drive to maximize my opportunity that I have at school. And that's great. It is. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) excuse me. And so like, I don't remember what the statistic is, but a lot of pregnant and parenting students actually end up doing better than, you know, your typical uh, student that doesn't have a child because we have, we have that intrinsic motivation. And I really felt that like my first semester that I was pregnant, I, um, I got a 4.0 in, uh, my spring semester. I got all A's even in like biology and math and, and, and all this and that. And then, um, I, like I just wanted better for myself because I wanted the best for her. And so um, I did whatever I could, you know, to like seek opportunities and also like meet with my advisor at school. Like, okay, how do I need to get here? And what classes do I need to take um, so that I can, you know, have these whatever steps that need to be done. And um, yeah, that was my spring semester. It was a lot of fun. I, my favorite year of college was my freshman year because. Wow. I, yeah. I mean, I was pregnant, but like, it was so fun because I, I was honestly oblivious to like any maybe like judgmental looks or stares. I was truly living in the joy that God gives us because like you couldn't tell me, oh, you're like, you couldn't say something negative about how I was planning to like live in a one bedroom apartment by myself, go to school full time, work full time and have a baby. Like, like I was determined to do it. Um, thankfully my situation turned out a little different and it didn't have to be that stressful. But, um, like I was like, my mindset was like, yeah, we're going to do this. And like, it's going to be okay. And God's going to be with me. Um, but yeah. So moving along in the timeline, um, spring semester comes around and I'm doing well in school. I start going to a Bible study with my best friend. Um, and her name's actually Tori funny enough. Um, yeah. And she, her, what was really cool uh, was that, um, her mom had her at a young age. Um, and so, uh, she could like encourage me and like relate to me and in that way. And so, um, to this day, she's always been super supportive of me. And I think like even me going like going to my church in college station and going to Bible study, you know, with college aged people pregnant and, you know, people know about it, like that plays an impact on their lives and how they see and value life because, yes. um, you know, they, they were the people who walked with me through that. I remember like we had a, a moment where we have like girls time in our Bible study and like this one girl's talking about how she's really struggling with sexual sin. And I tell her, Hey, you know what? I struggled with the same thing and I'm actually pregnant right now. Um, <laughs> that's, that was the day I told my Bible study and they're like, wait, what, what? We didn't know. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm like six months pregnant right now. And then they all get excited. But, um, it was, and it was see, joy. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but, then, after you say your Bible study thing, I'm going to say it. Yes. Okay. But it was, it was met with joy and love, like rejoicing, like, 
oh my gosh, you're like, yay, like congrats. And I mean, it was with girls. So like you, you, of course, you know, of course, and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, everyone wants to like feel my belly and everything. And they want to know all the details and, and all these things. And, and like, like that is the love of Christ right there. And I know that there mm-hmm. are some women who didn't go through that, didn't experience that. And like, I just want to tell them right now, like, it's real. If you encountered someone who didn't show you Jesus and was mean and rude and turned you away or judged you like that, that's not who Christ is. And so, um, he's real and like, he's just waiting for you. But yeah. <laughs> Amen. Um, well, I was going to say like, congrats to your Bible study and like that. There's such a great testament on how it should go. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever, that's something that as the church we have got to do better with. And I understand, you know, the sex before sex is best within marriage. Yes. Mm-hmm. But once someone gets pregnant, it's still a beautiful, amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate what you said earlier about feeling the shame and, and the condemnation and all of those things. And a lot of times that is what causes girls. They would rather feel, um, they'd rather just feel better temporarily because that one moment you'll feel better from this one bout of shame as mm-hmm. opposed to feeling another bout of, of shame you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i rather feel the shame of you know having an abortion but you don't have to tell anybody you don't mm-hmm. tell anybody you just have the abortion so it's shame within here instead mm-hmm. of you know carrying your child and having mm-hmm. feeling the shame there yeah and um and it's sad and that's we have got to do better as a church to not allow people to feel that way because also too if you are in that situation holding the shame in within yourself and not telling anyone, that's what the devil wants. The devil wants us to hide, to be scared, not to tell anybody. I mean, how many stories do we hear of women who had abortions under the table at like 16, 17, 18, back in the, you know, 80s and early 90s. Yeah, and they're and like, now they're yeah. sad and like, they're either, they either have gone through recovery and they're feeling better or they're, you know, these old women that are outside of the Supreme Court with, um, blood stained um, clothes trying to <laughs> yeah. make up for the shame that they already yeah. they feel because they were in the- yeah because sorry to interrupt you but it's because they were no, never no, healed good. they were they exactly. never they didn't have the opportunity and I'm not saying that they still don't but they did not have an encounter with the love of Christ because yes. God says that when we are saved there's therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and so that was a big, like, I never yeah. shy away in, like, telling my faith and sharing my faith because, like, it is my faith that saved me and it is my faith that continues to bring me through, like, even the challenges of being a single mom. And, um, like, yeah, I, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I remember telling the guys, we told them, we were at Torchy's after church one Sunday. Well, I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a taco place <laughs> in okay, Texas. Okay. Okay. Oh I'm like, oh, nice, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> we need, we need to go the next time that you're here. In- yeah. Um. But yeah. So we told them. They're like, oh, really? And I said, yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, when are you due? Or like, is it a boy or a girl? And of course, you know, guys are a little different. But it was. Yeah, they're was- not gonna go. Oh my god. <laughs> like <laughs> girls are. I know, right? Yeah. But it was fun. Like, even, like, so they knew and, like, they got to see, you know, what I was going through. And um, everyone was super kind. And um, 
then moving along i that's so my mom i told her a week after i found out and she was heartbroken i mean it was a bigger i think it was harder for her with me because i mean my sister kind of went through the same thing but she ended up getting married to her now husband and um the situation just played out differently for her. And so for me, like I was the first to go away for school. Like she was all excited for me to go to university and cause I'm a first gen college student. And like, I'm mm-hmm. also a, a daughter of immigrants. So like, I don't wear, you know, all these labels on me, but like that, you know, that's a big deal to like a, the it Hispanic is. culture. Like, you know, your parents come here to provide you that better future. And like, and so that was kind of like my background and, um, and so she was heartbroken and she didn't want to tell, want me to, I respected her and not wanting to tell my dad until like later on when she said it was okay. Um, but with that came a problem. I didn't have access to my health insurance cause I was still, um, under them for that, thankfully. And so, um, I didn't, I couldn't go see a doctor, but one day I was driving down, uh, I was driving back from class and I heard a, um, a radio ad from the pregnancy center in college station and it was advertising free pregnancy tests and free ultrasound and so i went home and i searched it up real quick and made an appointment and i think that same week i went in and um took the pregnancy test first because they have to like confirm it and then um but after that i got um not necessarily like official counseling but like but uh you know just like the counseling um, that they give you. I, yeah, you know, like just, just like basic emotion, like counseling, like how are you? How do you feel? Um, just like talking to a friend, you know? And yeah. um, sometimes she, that's what people need. Yeah, exactly. That's all they really need is just to talk it out, to talk. Because mm-hmm. it's a very um, emotional situation. It's emotional because we're women. It's emotional because the hormones <laughs> of the baby. And it's emotional because it's, a lot of times it's not planned. Well, not a lot. Yeah. Like for this instance, it wasn't planned. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's an emotional time. So you want to be able to, to talk it out. Exactly. And so she was, I still remember her. She was so sweet and she was so kind. And um, like, she talked to me about, you know, like God, God is taking care of you. And um, she told me about the different resources that the pregnancy center had, um, how there was like parenting classes and you could go and earn like baby bucks and go to their store um, and like redeem them for like car seats and diapers and baby clothes and maternity clothes and different baby supplies. And and they even have like um, counseling for men too, you know, um, they obviously like the father in my case wasn't involved, but um, you know, if someone oh, needed that, like, if he went. yeah, yeah, no, he um, just, he didn't, yeah, he didn't sorry. I feel like I, I skipped out on that. So whenever, after I told him, I basically like barely heard from him again. So it, at that point, like oh. it was, well, I'm doing this on my own. And so, okay. um, a lot of men, things- oh, <laughs> men <need to> step <laughs> up. If you're listening, do not ever do anything like that. I, if you're a man, ever, if you're a man, if you're a man, do not ever do anything like that. Oh my gosh. Anyway, but continue. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll get, I'll get to that part of my story a little bit at the end, but, um, okay. I, 
Yeah. So I went to the pregnancy center and the day before my birthday that year, I got to see my daughter. She was like 12 mm -hmm. weeks at the time. Um, so you like, they're a lot, a lot further in their development then. So, you know, I got to see like her head, her little arms and <laughs> her, her legs and, and, you know, hear her heartbeat. And, um, my big for my sorority actually went with me and, oh my goodness, crazy enough. I forget this part of the story, but my grand big, so like my big, big sister in the sorority we were in, um, was also pregnant at the same time. It was her junior oh. year of college. Yeah. And like our girls are two weeks apart from each other. Um, oh, yeah. Cute. Yeah. She has a beautiful story too. I'm planning to bring her on the podcast too. So I'll have to, we'll have to show that then. Um, but yeah. So like, even when I didn't have that many people around me, you know, cause a uh, college station's like three hours away from my home town and I had the church, I had, you know, the pro-life community at college station. I had, you know, friends around me that were like stood by my side and, um, it was it was a great time and then uh further into spring semester i find out that there's a pregnant and parenting student scholarship at texas a&m by the pro-life aggies and i see the application i'm like oh my gosh i need to fill this out and so um i fill it out and then i end up receiving the scholarship i go through an interview before that and i have to oh thank you <laughs> and congratulations I have to share, you know, my test, like, you know, my situation with like three officers of the group and I'm tearing up and, but it was like, I, I, what I was in pro-life Aggies in college. I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit, but, um, like they are like, they knew, they told me a little while after, like we knew as soon as we heard your, your situation, like you were going to wow. get a scholarship no matter what, like you, like it was made for someone like you. Praise um, God. I know. Praise God. Yes. Amen. Um, and, uh, so that was great. And at the last minute, Mallory, I, my scholarship was $3,500. And at the last minute, someone heard my testimony and, um, or my circumstance, whatever, and, and, and wanted to, and an anonymous donor just swept in and gave me 4,000. And so it, my, my gift ended up being $4,000. Um, they raised a lot of money that year. They raised $30,000 for pregnant and parenting student scholarships alone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amen. Okay, I know. Okay, pro-life Aggie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We've been, we've we been trying. <laughs> we've been, the, the group has been trying to, you know, fundraise to that amount ever since then. Um, but, I mean, the work that they do regardless has been amazing. And That's so, amazing. And I, it's so needed. That's so great. Wow. Yeah. Amen. And wow, so. A pro-life club. Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I get the scholarship and cause my, so I told my dad, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place in this timeline. I'm sorry. But in December I had told my dad and then in the spring semester, I was able to, you know, go see a doctor, go to appointments and stuff like that and kind of start preparing a little bit more because, um, he, my mom actually told me this like about maybe like six months ago. She told me like, I begged your father to let you stay in school because he had, he's like, that's the last straw. And like, I understand like why my dad would want to do that. I totally do. Um, but like just my mom telling me that I remember I was crying after she told me that because like, that's, 
that's the love of a mother is that like she fights like for the best of her kids like no matter what yeah and um and so my my dad told me you know well because we didn't speak for a week after I told him he was completely, you know, just done with me. And so when we're on the phone, he said, well, we're going to support you. We want you to stay in school. Um, and so thankfully I had that their support. Um, but he said, well, you're going to have to get a job. You're going to have to like figure some things out, you know? And so I, of course, was going in preparation mode. Um, I looked for an apartment. I like calculated the cost of everything. And <laughs> I even put my daughter on a wait list um, uh, for a daycare in College Station and like was going to work at the daycare so I can get it discounted, all these different things. And then. Um, wow, look at you. Yeah, I, um. I, I was working overtime. Uh, <laughs> um, and so I. It came down to it where it was June. I was due in June and I had my baby and um, her dad came to the hospital on the last day that um, we were basically going to leave. Oh. Yeah. He, it was one of those situations where like he wasn't talking to me, but I was still the one looking for him and searching for him, you know, because, and and that like that desire you know to be united as a family is not wrong mm-hmm. but it's i not. was still very much kind of insecure and um unstable in like the hopes of that relationship because and i say that only from a place of healing now because looking back at it like he did not care he essentially abandoned me and his child our child and like that shouldn't have happened. Like you said, Mm -mm. and I didn't, no one deserves that. Mm -mm. And so, um, even though I was still like, you know, wanting him to be involved, um, his mom was the one, you know, kind of like, all right, well, like you got to do this and that. And I mean, like, she's been great. She's always there for my daughter. And so, um, in the summer, like, the families meet (laughs) like my family and his family. And so we just, and, and she tells me, you know, like no one's going to take care of your baby as well as, you know, your own family will. And like, I'm willing to help you. And like, um, she'll stay with us because he lived with his parents and, um, like while you go to school or like, if you stay home, like we're going to help you. And so, um, and his, um, his dad as well was supportive. And so, excuse me. So it ended up working out to be like, I was on, um, like a dual college program with A&M. So I had, I was able to like take online classes at the community college, but also be an A&M student. And so, um, I would commute every single week for a year after she was born, um, go to college station for like a day or two and then come back. Um, and so that's how I got to stay with her. Like, her first year outside the womb, you know, seeing all those milestones. And honestly, that was the greatest blessing because like I was about to do it all by myself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, um, just seeing how my family like really rallied against, like rallied against for me and and for, and for (laughs) the baby and oh my goodness. Like I, as I'm telling the story, all these things are coming up in my brain, but my, I have one of my good friends from high school. His mom was my second grade teacher in elementary school. 
and oh. and his girlfriend so we're all friends so it's my 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 guy friend and then my my friend who's also his girlfriend she her mom had her at like 16 so she was like oh my gosh like we like so excited you know and everything yeah, yeah. and so her and my friend's mom um they threw me a baby shower back at home or in my hometown and so yeah. like and it was so beautiful like it was it was super sweet and so um oh I got to see like a lot of my friends and they all got to come and celebrate with me and um like I mean there was a time where for my mom it was still hard but she was like when whenever like my daughter came into the picture like was outside of the womb like oh my goodness she fell in love like <laughs> adores her probably loves her more than she loves me <laughs> just kidding <laughs> But like, just kidding. But actually, sometimes there's a couple days out of the week. I'm not sure. I know, but like, she, yeah, she adores her. And my dad, like, now, like, my dad loves seeing her, like, just grow up and like, like seeing how, like, you know, just like, oh, you were so little, and now you like scream and jump and do all these lively things, Um, but. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and so uh i had her in the summer of june 18th yeah i got to go back and forth with school and then i went back to campus um my junior year and it was actually the summer before that that i learned that two people close to me had had abortions one in my family and then one girl that i went to high school with um and so it was hard learning about those things and um it just like, I remember just crying and praying like, God, I have to do something. And then I remember that pro-life baggies was a thing. And so I went back to campus and I got involved and, um, that just opened the door to so many different opportunities and, um, you know, advocating for the pre-born, but also learning how to support women. Um, because that's one thing that I feel like a lot of people don't realize is that, no, we're not just here to like, like walk with the woman for, pregnancy and then just leave her no we (laughs) we don't like that would be weird that's just weird yeah um (laughs) it doesn't make sense exactly that was really our motive then like i understand why you would feel that way (laughs) (laughs) if that was really our motive but (laughs) yeah um but yeah so i um uh i'm doing all these things and then later along the line i uh join forces with this international student at AM and we and she created the Aggie Pregnant and Parenting Student Organization, APSO for short. It's a long name. <laughs> um and she just kind of looked around because she's an international student and saw like, oh my goodness, some of my colleagues or classmates, you know, are our parents and like they're not from here. Like we need a group, like we need a community. And so I was the vice president of that group for like a, some, a year and a half. And um, it was very low maintenance because we understood how parents busy our lives are. And so right. um, we would just, you know, host Zoom meetings about, um, you know, different resources in the community. Like, um, like we had the financial aid people come and speak to us about budgeting. We had um, this nonprofit talk to us about the little like they have like some sort of like parenting class of and stuff like that. Um, we had the hope pregnancy center come speak to us and, um, and it was great cause we started like a group chat. And so everyone just is, it's not, it's not really like to, 
I mean, yeah, to socialize. Yeah, because we needed to basically have a space where we were able to just kind of encourage each other and, and, you know, just kind of like talk about what's going on. And, um, it was really cool because I learned that there's a large majority of parenting students at some campuses are international students, of course, depending on where you go. And so it's harder for international students because they don't have like the same privileges support. of like a US citizen oh, for true. and support. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a big one too, because like, I mean, you come from China and like you don't have any of your family near you when you have a baby, like that's a big thing. And so um, it was great to see a lot of people show up. Like the group grew from five officers to 25, probably 30 people in our group chat now. And now wow. they are, yeah, now they're, uh, now they have their own scholarship and are organizing things for that. And so like, like positive things build off of <laughs> uh, <laughs> positive things. And so um, it was just great to see, you know, how, like God used this situation in my life. And then also to be able to um, like give back to the same people who um, were helping me and also to give back to the students who were going through the same thing as me. Um, yeah. That's my story. <laughs> I feel like I in a know. nutshell. But <laughs> no, this is good. Um, that's, I mean, that's a beautiful story. There's seriously not to be like, and there's so many nuggets, but there really are a lot of nuggets in the story that are. Oh, wait, wait. I oh. forgot like the biggest thing. I graduated okay. in December. Woo! Congratulations. Um, oh, with, with, I graduated uh, cum laude and I knew I couldn't do the bigger ones, but that was a goal of mine a little bit towards the end that I figured out that I could do it. And, um. I was like, man, God, like you really, it was like a cherry on top. It was like, wow. like Women I, can like, do it all. We yes. Can. It is definitely possible. You can't do it by yourself. I mean, that's okay. So there's a couple of lessons in this tale. Uh, we'll go backwards. You can <laughs> do it. You absolutely mm -hmm. can do it, but you cannot do it alone. That Amen. was one thing, a lesson to get out of the story. You had support. Um, and, you know, some people listening, you might not have support. But there are people who can and will support you. Amen. The biggest thing, and I don't, if you're not a Christian or if you're not part of a religious group, I don't know what to tell you to where to get support because churches are the only place that I know that will support and love you. Obviously, pregnancy mm -hmm. resource centers, but mm -hmm. a lot of them are going to refer you to a church as well. Yeah. Um, but churches, and even if you're not a Christian, honestly, a church is still going to love you. Yeah, um, they're gonna give you churchy answers, but they're still gonna love you and support <laughs> you. Um, and that's really where I mean, that is uh, to me, that's probably the biggest, the best part of your story yeah. is just how the church, how your church still loved you, how the members yeah. of your Bible study weren't like, oh my god, what? And like, you know, you didn't, yeah. you know, you weren't tripped to going into the church, um, yeah. over this. Yeah. And I think and even, that, I mean, yeah, oh, go ahead. No, you go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say, and like that in and of itself is a miracle. And that's something that we should be working to be. So we can be that person for somebody. Amen. Now that you're listening, now that you know, you can see the positive effect of that. If you are pro-life, if you're listening, and I'm assuming you are pro-life since you are listening, you see how that affects somebody. You be that person. You be the person 
who gets excited when someone tells you about a pregnancy, whether it was planned or not planned, you get excited. You be the person to say, hey, let's plan your baby shower. That's up to you. That is how mm-hmm. we um, how we are going to make the change as pro-lifers specifically. What were you going to say? Yeah. Um, no, one thing that I remember is um, my Bible study leader, she um, invited, cause I told her, she asked me what I was doing for Easter that year. And I, my mom didn't want me to come home cause she, she felt ashamed of me basically. And I mean, it, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I wanted to respect her in that way. And so I, I stayed home. Um, and so, or I stayed in school, I stayed back at uh, college station. And so, um, I told her, Oh, well I'm staying here for Easter. And so she invited me to the college pastor's house. And like, I got to sit down with the college pastor and his family and like, just talk to them and kind of tell them what was going on. And they're like, well, if you ever need anything, like we are here, like whatever you need, talk to us. We don't want you to feel like you can't, you know, share or like, tell us like that you need something. And so, um, that like, it's that type of like, Thank mm-hmm. you for helping me or thank you for supporting me in this. And so like, yeah, like you said, even if someone's not Christian, like they're going to love you regardless. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you hate God and you want nothing to do with him. Like that is the role of the church of Jesus Christ is that we love everyone and anyone who comes through the doors and we show them, you know, we put our love and our faith into action mm-hmm. and um, yeah. yeah no seriously i mean that's so great the other thing is uh the other nugget is like just remembering that with god all things are possible if you're in a situation where your partner is i i had a really good friend her partner she told a partner he didn't even he didn't say anything he just sent the link to planned parenthood didn't even say yes girl don't i can go forever on that situation he didn't, all he did was just send a link to Planned Parenthood when she told him through a text message. So, like, that, you know, if you're in a situation like that, just remember with God, you can do it. You can absolutely do it. There is no, um, there's no stopping you. And also, too, the last and final thing that I really got out of the story is how this situation gave you motivation. I've been thinking about that, um, about just motivation, about family and about community and and children. I've been thinking about that a lot lately just because life. And um, all of that stuff really does give you motivation. Like, this is, especially as women, this is what we are designed to do. Yeah. You know, this world, for whatever reason, is attacking women. It is Mm -hmm. attacking us, um, you know, not to be victims or anything, but they're attacking who we are, the things that we are to our core. Yeah. And, you know, we can see by the time this episode comes out, I'm sure there's going to be 10 other examples of how <laughs> we as women, they're trying to hurt us and push us away from what our bodies of what we are designed to do. And yeah. um, I just think, Victoria, thank you so much for doing your podcast, for coming on this podcast, for being brave enough to share your story. And honestly, you are like a great testimony of like, what how things can go right and also to your you. an encouragement for other people too who could be listening in this situation if you know someone who is in a situation like this and want someone to talk to i'm sure victoria would love to talk to them and just send this episode and it's another great episode to share i mean these 
the sto- this story, Victoria's story, and the stories that she's going to share on her podcast are things that people need to hear. People need to hear encouragement. People need to hear that it's not over because in a yeah. post-girl America, there are going to be states where um, getting an abortion is illegal. You know, we've talked mm-hmm. about in North Carolina, everybody, I need you to vote. Um, but <laughs> we've talked about how North Carolina nothing changes, but states like Texas, where Victoria is right now, states like Utah, I want to say Tennessee as well, there's going, people are going to be in these situations and they're going to be scared because of all of the fear mongering out there. So we need to be sharing these encouraging, these truthful, these honest stories about how your life is not over. It is not the worst thing on earth. I mean, Victoria is a very successful, um, woman. <laughs> Her daughter is absolutely adorable, super funny. Like nothing <laughs> is, it's not like, it's, it is not always this awful, devastating thing. Yeah. And when we work together as a community, we can help mm-hmm. each other. And it, I would, I cannot wait to see the day when no one feels that it's going to be the end of the world. Um, yeah. I cannot wait for that. But yeah, um, Anything else you want to add, Victoria? <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that like I really want to share is that so recently, and everyone will probably hear more about this once the show is out and also like if you follow the diapers and degrees and <laughs> 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 blasting it everywhere. Um, but I um so it's yeah, it's summer that we're recording this, and so I'm in contact with the girl at AM. She was a freshman this past year. And so she found out she was pregnant and her boyfriend was pressuring her to abort, but she saw the ultrasound and it was like the last final days that she can have an abortion. And so she chose life and through this process praise of God. like, uh, praise God. Yeah. Through this process of me getting in contact with her and her deciding, choosing that I had not heard from her. I was texting her. I was sending her messages like, she did not respond back to me for like days. And so I was getting kind of worried, but anytime that I worried about her, I just prayed. And, um, her friend who put her in contact with me said like, she wants to hear from someone who like went through it and like what it was like. And, um, and she even told me like, just knowing that I'm talking to someone who went through what I went through and like was successful, that gives me so much hope and is so encouraging. And like, that's honestly, that's really what kind of like, I've been wanting to do something like this for a long time, but that's like what <laughs> triggered me to like, yeah, no, you need to do this because this is needed. Yeah. Yes. And like other women need to share their stories so that mm-hmm. those same women who are in those same circumstances can see the other side and see that there's hope and love and light in their future for them and their child. That's great. Um, <laughs> Last thing we I want to end on that, but the last thing I want to say is that um, is children are a good thing. It is what it is how we keep the world going. It is these are all Amen. natural things. Wanting to be in a family with someone, these are all natural good things. Even wanting to have sexual relations, these are natural good things. Mm-hmm. Um, the world has decided to pervert it in so many different ways. But these, I just want to encourage you guys. These are natural good things. Wanting to be a mother is a naturally good, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's these are great things, and they're nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be. Um, there's no condemnation yeah. once you're under Christ. Once you, and I also just want to add this other thing too. Don't know why I'm saying. It, I just feel like I should say it. 
abortion is not the unforgivable sin. Um, at Love Life, someone from Restored Life always comes up and she always says that. So I like to say that too. Abortion is not the unforgivable sin. It is a sin like all the other sins. You just have to repent. Yeah. That's all you have to do. And it's over. It's mm-hmm. done. There's nothing nothing more you can... That's and, it. Yeah. And now that you say that, I remember one time... Um, oh, I don't remember. Amy Murphy from Rehumanize one time. I heard her yes. speak at a conference. And like this... Oh my gosh. Like just changed something in my heart that day. Like she said, the act of being pregnant is not a sin. It's not. Like the act of being pregnant in itself, like being a pregnant woman, that is not sinful. There, She said there may have been a sin that led you there, but you carrying this child and being a mother to this child, whether through parenting or um, through adoption, like that is not a sin. And that is beautiful. Like you just yes. said and affirmed. And that's why we rejoice. We rejoice Amen. for the child. Amen. We rejoice for the child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, everybody, make sure you follow Diapers and Degrees all over social media. Make sure you have subscribed, listen to it, get ready. Um, I'm just excited to see how this podcast goes. And I'm excited to see um, like all the lives. I can't wait to hear all the stories of the lives that have been changed. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you can uh, message the Diapers and Degrees. You have a email. I do. It's diapersanddegrees at gmail.com. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, anything else? Any last thoughts? <laughs> um, no, that is it. But thank you so much for letting me come on here and share my story and share about the podcast. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> of course. I'm super glad you're doing this. I'm really glad that we're able to partner with you here at Those Are the Girls Media. Um, and I'm just excited to say that I have a little tiny part in hopefully saving some lives when we get to heaven and say, oh yeah i heard victoria's podcast and it was part of those other girls media and i go, oh yeah i'm happy <laughs> to see you up here um but yeah so everyone make sure you also rate review subscribe to this podcast those are the girls podcast um and everybody have a good rest of your day bye bye Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram at Those Other Girls Podcast and on Twitter at TOG underscore podcast. Those Other Girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.